Joshua chapter 14 in the text that our brother Richard read from a few moments ago. We will be there in Joshua 14. And if you have a Bible that has a marker in it, you may want to place that between Numbers 13 and Numbers 14. Most of our lesson this morning is going to come from those three chapters. As was true, I think, in days gone by, it remains true for us today that physical strength is often praised, it is often glorified, while spiritual strength is often despised and, yes, even mocked. However, as we look into God's Word, we find that time and time again, God, through His Word, His written Word, honors faithful servants that have gone before us. They were men and women of great spiritual strength. We may not know much about their physical characteristics, about what they looked like if we were to live back during their time, but the Bible presents, us to, uh, presents them to us as men and women of great spiritual strength. And this morning what we want to do is look at one such man who was spiritually strong. His name, of course, as we've already read this morning, was Caleb. And as we look at his life, we're going to see how God's strong servant, how he was God's strong servant, rather, throughout his whole life. To think about early in life, in the days of his youth, that he was a strong servant of God. He was a man of great spiritual strength. But also to think about later on in life, that he remained where he began as a strong servant of the Lord God. So as we take that journey this morning, I hope that there will be something in our lesson for everybody. Wherever you are in life, wherever you are on the spectrum of age, if you're just starting out in life, I think there will be some things that we pull out from the life of Caleb that hopefully will be of benefit and help to you. But even if you're older in life and you're at the very end of your life here upon earth, there will be some things that we notice from this great man that I believe can be of help to you as well. And so we begin this morning by thinking about Caleb and his spiritual strength and youth. Here in Joshua chapter 14 at verse 11, the Bible says to us as Caleb is responding here uh, to Moses and to the people, he says that I am still as strong today as I was in the day Moses sent me. As my strength was then, so my strength is now for war and for going out and coming in. You know, as we go back to the book of Numbers in chapter 13 at verse Six, we find that God, through Moses, told Moses to pick some men from among the Israelites to send these 12 men into the land of Canaan, which God had promised he was going to give his people, and to look at the land, to see what the land was like, uh, to see what the terrain was like, to see what the people were, were like, to see what uh, the crops that were growing there, to just get a good survey of all of the land, and so when God sent Caleb as being one of those men to spy out the land of Caleb, Canaan, he was a strong man. He was a leader among God's people. Probably he was a man who was physically strong. At least that's the picture I get when I think of a physical picture of Caleb, that here is a physically strong man. But I think more important than that, here is a man who was very spiritually strong. And even at this age in his life, as I put on here on the screen, a young man, yes. Even as a young man of 40 years old, Caleb was a leader 
among God's people. He was a leader of the tribe of Judah, which I think speaks to the character of this man even very early in life, that here is a man, yes, he probably had a lot of physical strength at 40 years old, but here is a man more important than that who had a lot of spiritual strength, and he was showing it even at this point in his life. There are two statements that are made about Caleb that stand out to me that give me insight into the kind of spiritual strength that this man had throughout his life. And we're going to look at those two statements, both in the days of his youth, but also in the days of old age. Number one, we find that the Bible says to us that Caleb had a different spirit. If you go to the book of Numbers, or if you are already there in Numbers chapter 14, Numbers chapter 14, this is of course after, and we're going to come back in a few moments and read back in chapter 13, uh, some things that have taken place here. But after the people have complained, after they have complained against uh, Moses and Aaron, God's leadership, after they say it's just better for us to go back to the land of Egypt than to be out here, uh, notice what God says. As God does listen to the plea, the cry of Moses, and he does pardon his people, but there are some consequences for their sin. Notice what he says about Caleb here in Numbers 14 and verse 24. God says, but my servant Caleb, because he has had a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land which he entered and his descendants shall take possession of it. His, his attitude, his perspective, as we'll see here in a few moments on taking the land of Canaan was quite different from those of his peers, the other 10 spies, namely that went into the land with him and Joshua as we read about the kind of perspective that they had on taking the land that God had promised to them back in chapter 13, here is what they said when they came back and gave a report to the Israelites about the land that they had gone to survey. Uh, Numbers chapter 13 at verse 31 beginning. But the men who had gone up with him with Caleb said, we are not able to go up against the people for they are too strong for us. So they gave out to the sons of Israel a bad report of the land, which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone, in spying it out, is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great size. There also we saw the Nephilim. The sons of Anak are part of the Nephilim. And we became like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. The, the attitude, the reaction, the response of these other spies that have gone along with Caleb was quite different again. They had, as they looked at the land of Canaan, yes, they acknowledged a few verses prior to what we read. It is a good land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey. There are a lot of blessings in this particular land. But they had a very pessimistic, a very defeatist attitude toward driving out the foreign peoples, toward inheriting the land that God had promised to give them. However, when Caleb saw the same land and Caleb saw the same giants and Caleb saw the same fortified cities that these other 10 spies had seen, he had quite a different attitude again. His attitude was a positive attitude. His attitude was a we can do this kind of attitude. Notice here back in verse 30 of chapter 13 in the book of Numbers. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, we should by all means go up and take possession of it for we will surely overcome it into chapter 14 at verse 6 as he and Moses or he and Joshua speak to the congregation. Beginning at verse 6 it says Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh of those who had spied out the land tore their clothes and they spoke to all the congregation of the sons of Israel saying the land which we passed through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. 
If the Lord is pleased with us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land, for they will be our prey. Their protection has been removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. They they looked at the same territory. They looked at the same obstacles and challenges in the same land, and they came to two different conclusions. Caleb said, by God's help, by God's grace and God's power and God's strength, we can surely take this land that he has promised to us. Whereas the other 10 spies, of course, said, there's no way that we can do this. There's no way that we can overcome all of these obstacles. You see, even though he was a young man early in his life, Caleb showed who he truly was. He was a man who had total trust and total confidence that God would give Israel the strength that they needed to defeat the giants. He would give Israel the strength they needed to drive out the foreign peoples and to possess the land of Canaan. And of course, because of the stand that he took, he was severely criticized for that. Here at verse 10 in chapter 14, the writer goes on to tell us, but all the congregation said to stone them with stones. And the glory of the Lord appeared in the tent of meeting to all the sons of Israel. He and Joshua severely criticized, even threatened for the strong stand that they took. For showing being men of spiritual strength and trusting in God and God's promises. And I want you to think of the spiritual strength that it took for Caleb especially to possess this kind of attitude, to proclaim this kind of perspective as he's gone in and he's seen all the challenges that will be there as they take the land. And the spiritual strength it took for him to have that kind of attitude and that kind of perspective that was so vastly different from his contemporaries He is not taking a different stand from the world necessarily as we think about that. He's taking a different stand even from among those who were supposed to be God's children. And so we see his spiritual strength because he had a different spirit. There was something different. There was something unique. He had a different focus and a different perspective than even his own fellow Israelites. But secondly, and connected to that, the Bible tells us, as we've already read back in Numbers chapter 14 and verse 24, God's assessment of who Caleb is. Not only did he have a different spirit, but he says, he has followed me fully. I want you to go back again. I said we're going to jump kind of back and forth between Joshua and the book of Numbers this morning. But back to our text where we started in Joshua chapter 14 and in verse 8. Joshua chapter 14 and in verse 8. Uh, notice what Joshua or Caleb rather says here. Uh, Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt with fear, but I fully uh, followed the Lord my God fully. Here, of course, is Caleb later in life. He is an older man now, and he's looking back on what we have already talked about some of those events earlier in his life. And Caleb knew for a fact he had followed his God fully. I don't think this is a statement of arrogance. This is not a statement of him bragging about himself in comparison to everyone else. He's just stating it matter-of-factly that I followed the Lord God fully. He wasn't the only one, of course, who knew that. Here in verse 9 of this particular chapter, it says, as he is recalling events earlier in his life, so Moses aware on that day saying, uh, so Moses swore on that day saying, surely the land on which your foot has trodden will be an inheritance to you and to your children forever because you have followed the Lord my God 
fully. And then as we've already read, it wasn't just Caleb thinking this about himself. It wasn't just Moses, God's leader, thinking this about Caleb and knowing the kind of man that he was. God, even himself, in giving his assessment of who Caleb was, back in our passage we've already read in Numbers 14 and verse 24 says, He has followed me fully. Well, how does this compare to the rest of his Jewish brethren? What, what were the Israelites, who were the Israelites rather following? And I want us to go back again to the book of Numbers in Numbers chapter 14 and read the first four verses there. Numbers chapter 14, beginning at verse 1. Here is what the Bible says to us about who Israel was following at this time. Now all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. And the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, Would that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would that we had died in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become plunder. Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, let us appoint a leader and return to Egypt. When the entire congregation here that has been waiting for these 12 spies as they've gone into the land of Canaan to come back and tell them all about the land, as they are hearing the 10 spies' negative report, they are complaining not just against Moses and Aaron. I think they are complaining against God himself. They are certainly complaining against the leaders, Moses and Aaron, that God had handpicked to lead his people during this time. But here I think you see in the nation of Israel, the congregation at large, here are a people who are ready to follow man's wisdom, right? <laughs> That they are ready to chunk God's wisdom and they're ready to go in their own way. They say, just appoint a leader for us and we'll go back to Egypt. They were saying, let's go back to slavery. That is better than where we are right now. Rather than choosing, as Caleb did, to follow God's wisdom. However, Caleb, along with his co-worker here, Joshua, knew, I believe, that God would give his people Israel the land Back again in Numbers chapter 13 and verse 2, here are the Lord's instructions to Moses. He said, send out for yourself men so that they may spy out the land of Canaan, which I am going to give to the sons of Israel. You shall send a man from each of their father's tribes, every one a leader among them. God said, made it very plain to Moses, I'm going to give you this land. It may not have looked like it at this particular point later on in this same chapter when the spies go into the land and they see we're going to have to take all this work. We're going to have to drive these people out. We're going to have to do all of these kinds of things to take the land that God has promised to us. But I believe Joshua and Caleb trusted in God's promise. They knew God had said it and they could count on it to come to pass. And so as we have already read back in chapter 14 and verse 9, they are urging the congregation here, don't rebel against God. Instead, fully follow him. This is the kind of environment in which Caleb found himself, again, among those who were supposed to be God's people. You would think in that kind of environment that he and Joshua would have received a lot of encouragement. That they would have said, yeah, the other ten spies might have said, yes, we've looked at this all wrong. We, we ought to remember the words of God. We ought to trust in his strength and trust in his promises. But no, they were ready to stone these two men. And so in that kind of environment, let us all be fully impressed with the inspired statement about Caleb that here is a man who stood up and he had a different spirit and he followed the Lord his God 
very fully. Just think about these words that I have here on the screen, that he followed God fully. What the writer, what God is saying to us about Caleb is here's a man who followed. He was walking behind. He was not walking in front of God. Here's a man who was following God's lead. He was following step for step. He was not skipping a beat. And it says that he followed, Caleb followed God. He was not following his own faithless brethren at this particular point. He was following his faithful father. And notice it says that he followed God fully. Not just partially or mostly, 99% of the way there. No, he followed God completely. And again, in an environment where so many Israelites were following fallible men, here is Caleb who stands out. And he possesses the spiritual strength to fully follow his infallible God. I think in this particular point, we need to realize, if you haven't already, (laughs) that God was his source of spiritual strength. Again, we may not know really a whole lot about, phys- about Caleb's physical characteristics, but what we do know about him is very important. Caleb, I don't believe, was a self-made man. Rather, he was a God-made man. And his strength was not something that was from within himself, but it was something that was from without. It is something that God had given to him. He was relying upon God. He was trusting in God that God would give him the strength that he needed to do this work that he wanted his people to do. And for those in the audience this morning who are in the younger crowd, whether you think 40 is young or not, maybe you're well under 40. And for those of us who are past 40, maybe we can remember back to that season of our life. You know, when we are young, we tend to trust in number one, don't we? We tend to have... Uh, to put our trust in ourselves. We tend to put our confidence in ourselves and we tend to trust in our own strength, whatever kind of strength that is that we have as a young person. Maybe it's physical strength that we have in that season of life. Maybe it's mental strength that we have. Maybe it's emotional strength, maybe even spiritual strength that we have as a young person. And we think that that strength is somehow our own, that we have done something to be a very strong person. But really, I think we see in the life of Caleb and what we all need to realize, especially if you're in that age group, is that the strength that you have, whether it's physically or mentally or emotionally or spiritually, that that strength is not your own. That is something that comes from God. We tend to think in the days of our youth that we're invincible. That maybe we can do anything that we want to do because we have great spiritual strength or we have mental stamina or we are just have a lot of zeal spiritually for the Lord. And if we're not careful, especially early on in life, we can begin to rely too much upon ourselves rather than being like Caleb and depending upon God. And so for those in the crowd this morning that are younger, You need to realize that, yes, you may be strong in many different ways in your life, at this stage of your life, but you also need to realize if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, a child of God, that your true strength comes from Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul said it best, I think, in Philippians 4 and verse 13. He said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. In the context there of having a lot and abundance of this world's goods or not having hardly even his needs being met. He had learned to be content and he had learned to be a spiritually strong 
man because of Jesus Christ, he knew that his strength was not in and of himself, but his strength came from Jesus Christ. And so wherever we are, maybe physically, if we are physically strong or we are mentally strong in our younger days, if we trust in ourselves, I believe the Bible, maybe even through this example of Caleb, is telling us that we are spiritually weak. No matter how physically strong we are, and our strength must come from God himself. So then we fast forward, of course, a number of years as we continue to think about the life of Caleb and now to consider his spiritual strength in old age. Again, I'm impressed with the statement that, that we've already read a couple of times this morning from Joshua 14 and verse 11. As Caleb says about himself, I am still as strong today as I was in the day Moses sent me as my strength was then. So my strength is now for war and for going out and coming in. He's saying that his strength as a young man carried over to his strength as an aged man. And that's why I think maybe this statement about his strength is not so much thinking about strength from a physical standpoint or even perhaps even a mental standpoint, but he's thinking about his spiritual strength. I don't know exactly how long Caleb lived. We know about Joshua in Joshua 24 and verse 29 that he lived to be 110 years old. Here is Caleb somewhere in the last season of his life. I think it's safe for us to assume. And he's making this statement about his strength, even in this season of life. What contributed to him being a spiritually strong man, God's strong servant, even later in life? Well, it's the two same points that we made about him earlier in life. That number one, he had a different spirit. Now, of course, as Caleb tells us here in Joshua chapter 14, he's 85 years old. He was 40 years old when... Uh, God, uh, when the, the spies went into the land of Canaan and God said that he was going to take his people there. And we know as a consequence of the people grumbling and griping and complaining against God and not trusting in him that they had to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. And so he spent 40 of the last 45 years of his life wandering in the wilderness with God's complaining people. Think of the toll that that must have taken on him as he is speaking to us now as an 85-year-old man, think of the toll that took on him mentally, just as it did on Moses and Aaron from time to time, emotionally, physically, even spiritually. They think of just wandering in the wilderness for that amount of your lifetime, the harsh environment of the wilderness, again, the constant complaints that he is hearing, certainly from his own people, the Israelites, the wars with foreigners as they're about to go into the land, leading his family, trying to raise a family, bring children up in that kind of environment. Certainly it must have taken a great toll on him. And yet he says here again in chapter 14 and verse 11 of the book of Joshua, he still has the same strength now as when he was 40 years old. <laughs> because despite all of those trials that he experienced during that point of his life, Caleb was a man who still desired to please God. He was a man who still trusted in God. He was a man who still believed that God was with him. Here in Joshua chapter 14 and verse 12, he goes on to say, Now then, give me this hill country about which the Lord spoke on that day. For you heard on the day that Anakim were there with great fortified cities. 
perhaps the Lord will be with me and I will drive them out as the Lord has spoken. Again, he knows what God has said. He knows the promise that God has made if he will just put his trust and confidence in him. And it seems to me in these words that Caleb is still a spiritually strong man just like he was younger in life. That here is a man who looks at the challenges that lay ahead of him and he still has this positive can-do spirit. He had, I think, continued to have a different spirit from many people around him. And secondly, connected to that, he continued to fo- follow his God fully. He's 85 years old again. But here is Caleb, as we just read at verse 12, he is ready to go out to war. Now, again, I don't know how long he lived. Anyone in the audience, if you're around that age, are you ready to go out to war? <laughs> If that's God's will for you to to take the land, are you ready to go and drive out the sons of Anak at that particular point in your life? I think for many of us, obviously I have a long time till I get to that point in life if I live that long, but many of us, we probably be thinking, no, I, I should have done that when I was younger. I'm well past that age. Let somebody else go and take the land. I want you to look over in the book of Judges for just a moment. As we continue, I think, to see the different spirit uh, that Caleb had in in relation to his own Israelite brethren and the fact that he's following God fully. In Judges chapter 1, as we read about some of the the tribes of Israel, uh, the people of Israel taking different parts of the land, just to read here beginning at verse 19 in Judges chapter 1. The writer says to us, Now the Lord was with Judah, and they took possession of the hill country, But they could not drive out the inhabitants of the valley because they had iron chariots. But the sons of Benjamin, uh, uh, verse 20, Then they gave uh, Hebron to Caleb, as Moses had promised, and he drove out from there the three sons of Anak. Now verse 21, But the sons of Benjamin did not drive out the Jebusites who lived in Jerusalem. So the Jebusites have lived with the sons of Benjamin in Jerusalem too. This day, it seems to me, and maybe you read this otherwise, but it seems to me like verse 19, yes, God was with Judah and they were able to take possession of the, the territory that he had granted to them, but they couldn't totally drive out the inhabitants. And then verse 21, the sons of Benjamin were not able to drive the Jebusites out of the city of Jerusalem, and so they lived among them. But here in the midst of those two statements, you have verse 20 about giving this city of Hebron to Caleb, as Moses had promised, and he drove out from there the three sons of Anak. It seems to me that Caleb was able to do what others didn't do because he had great spiritual strength, because he trusted in the Lord, even at 85 years old. Caleb again knew God's will, and Caleb was intent on carrying out God's will and fully following him even though he is in the last season of his life. Once again, as we think about his spiritual strength in this part of his life, we have to say definitely that God was a source of his strength. Here is Caleb as an aged man. He is trusting God to give him strength to keep going, to give him strength that he needs to accomplish his will. And I think, again, I'm certainly not in this season of life. I know that several of you in the audience are. But I have seen those who are older, as Christians, as saints. And sometimes older saints maybe reach a point where they're just ready to give up. (laughs) 
or maybe they're ready to give in. They are just tired. Maybe they have reached the point where they are just exhausted from serving the Lord for a lifetime. And that may be the case because perhaps they have had to deal with a lot of obstacles and challenges and problems in their walk with God through a lifetime. Maybe it has been a lifetime of spiritual battles. As all of us who are children of God, we are daily at war with our enemy, Satan, and they are just exhausted from that. Maybe it has been a lifetime of dealing with negative attitudes among their brethren as Caleb himself was dealing with the negative attitudes of his fellow Israelites, and you're tired. Maybe you have been mistreated by those who were supposedly Christians, and in all of that, the temptation is just to reach a point in your life where you say, I've had enough. I'm done. But here is the message I think we can take away from Caleb in his old age and the spiritual strength that he showed. The message is this very simply, don't quit. Don't quit. Don't don't lose the spiritual strength that you have as one who is now mature in Christ. Hopefully at this later stage of your life, you have grown in Christ. You have matured. You are a person, not perfect, but you are a person who, about whom it can be said is complete in Jesus Christ. And instead, if you're at that point and you're dealing with that struggle in your life as an older saint, I would encourage you to look for some ways that you can continue to do what Caleb did, that you can continue to follow God fully. It's probably going to look different than it did when you were 40, if you're 80. But look for ways that you can continue to do God's will in your life. Look for ways that maybe you can even look to those who are younger saints and help them to do the same. You can encourage them when they are discouraged, when they're facing some giant in their life. You can say, I've been there and I've done that and I've overcome. And it's all because I trusted in God. And yes, as an older saint, your physical strength is probably not what it used to be at one point in your life. But I think we learn from this great example in Caleb to not let that cause you to be spiritually weak. And sometimes I know that the physical difficulties that we deal with wherever we are in life can have a spiritual impact upon us. And it can cause us to withdraw from our brethren and it can cause us to withdraw from God and it can cause us to just shrivel up and die. But don't get to the point where you are spiritually weak. Because again, as we've already mentioned earlier in his life, I think this verse applies to all of our life. That if we truly are walking with the Lord Jesus Christ, we need to realize that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. He will give us the strength that we need to continue to walk with him. Sometimes we don't know how that's going to happen. And sometimes, many times, at least in my own life, it's happened in a different way than I was thinking of. But God will always give us the strength that we need to please Him and to do His will. As we close this morning, to go back to our passage here in Joshua chapter 14 at verse 13. As the writer says to us that Joshua blessed him, Joshua blessed Caleb and gave Hebron to Caleb the son of Jephunneh, for an inheritance. Therefore Hebron became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, until this day, because, again, he followed the Lord God of Israel fully. Wherever we are in life, whether you this morning are young or old or somewhere in between, 
Whether you are strong or physically weak, I think we learn from this great man, Caleb, that if we will be men and women of spiritual strength, if we will be men and women who are devoted to God and devoting our life to fully following the Lord our God throughout our life, that one day we will receive the eternal inheritance that God has planned for all of us who are his children. A great example for us to think about, a great example for us to follow. Gavin spoke to us this morning in the nine o'clock session about following the example of the Apostle Paul. He certainly is a great example to follow. But here we have in the Old Covenant a man by the name of Caleb, a giant of spiritual strength, and one for us to emulate as we walk throughout our life. What about you this morning? Are you even in a relationship with God? If you're not, that's where you need to start. And we would encourage you to think seriously and soberly about that. And if you know what the Bible says you need to do in order to enter into relationship with God, that you would decide to act upon that this very hour. But it may be as many of us in the audience are already Christians and we're somewhere along that journey. Maybe we're just beginning the journey. Maybe we're still young in age. Maybe we're in the middle. Maybe we're at the end. But wherever we are to continue to walk with God, and it may be that you are discouraged about that. It may be that Satan is really working overtime to pull you away from God and you have sinned against him to correct that with him, to get uh, repair that relationship with him and to walk with him fully once again. However, we can be of help to you this morning as we're about to sing our song of invitation and encouragement. If you see a need that only God can fill, we would encourage you to respond to his invitation now as we stand and as we sing.